Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Equity of up to £150 million. Pounds. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good uh, to recognize uh, different phases during the game. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. It is episode 104, and it is a January transfer window recap episode. We've got three ins and a whole bunch of outs that we didn't quite expect to talk about. Uh, we'll start by throwing it out to Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. Scotty, what's going on, mate? Not much. Glad the window is shut. As exciting as it is, right? And glad to be able to talk about it with you all. Not as happy as I am because I am tired of all of this. Todd is also with us. He is at TC underscore Cachot. TC, what's going on, mate? You know, any day that you get to talk about getting one of the most coveted uh, fucking right wing backs in the entire world uh, on your team is a good fucking day. We we closed the window. We got some people in we wanted to get. The scoring that we brought in earlier, the or the signing we brought in earlier in the window is already scored. Like, all things are good, sir. All things are good. Shuban is also with us at The Real Shuban. Shubes is also very coveted, and we're glad to have him on the pod. What's going on, Shubes? Hey! It's good to be back. Um, thank you for um, doing it in the evening my time. Because obviously it's daytime for you guys, so I appreciate it. No question about it. Uh, it is February the 1st. That does mean the window has slammed shut. It is closed. Spurs end up getting uh, two first-team players in and a, and a youth player uh, and a whole bunch of outs. So where do, where do you guys want to start with this? I guess we've already talked a little bit about uh, Arnott Dunjuma coming in. Uh, of course, as Todd mentioned, already scored a goal uh, in the cup last weekend. We, we discussed that a little bit, but I guess we start with Pedro Poro, right? Because this deal that we had been talking about really not just all week, but all month finally did get across the line and he immediately comes in and is the guy at right wing back, right, Scotty? Yeah, that's, that's what we all hope, right? Um, is that he is, he is injected into the starting lineup pretty quickly. Um, we talked about him in the last show. His, his stats are fantastic. I mean, I'm not going to recap them, but I also don't have them in front of me again. But <laughs> um, three key areas, right? For and, and one of them that we definitely talked about was progressive forward passes, right? Which we're not seeing enough of from our wingbacks at all. So I'm very excited to see what he can do for 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 the lineup as far as an immediate impact for sure. Um, and I'm glad that, that we have a backup in Emerson too to to have some familiarity as Poro more you know uh, just acclimates to, to the squad and the system, etc. TC, you're excited about this signing as well. I know. Uh, t- tell us what your thoughts about about Pedro Poro, and then you you haven't been on with us to talk about Danjuma. Th- throw something about him too if you want to. 
I think that we'll start with Pedro Poro. And I think that, that what Pedro Poro does is it gives us the exact player in the exact spot that was such a glaring weakness for us throughout the Conte regime. And essentially, with the, the rare exception of uh, pre-Matty Cash injury, Matt Daugherty, uh, and he only got to play a couple of times on the right-hand side, if you remember correctly, he was covering on the left-hand side a lot of the time. Um, we haven't really seen a right wing back in the mold of Conte be able to provide the type of things that a Conte right wing back needs to, i.e. crosses into the box for world-class finishers. Oh, hey, did I mention that we have world-class finishers? So I think that the reason why I'm the most excited, Andrew, is because Kane and Son and Hoybier, um are going to be able to get uh, to get all sorts of opportunities to find the back of the net. Yeah, that is exciting. I mean, I, I know a lot of people are like, I guess my only hesitation with this Pedro Poro signing is people are expecting him to, to be some kind of savior. And while I don't have those expectations, I do expect him to come in and improve well, upon the position at least. So here's the thing. Um, improvement is too low of a bar because Emerson has been playing there for the last year. So, I mean, essentially what you're asking this person to do is to come in and do the things that you would expect a right wing back to do. It's like, I want you to think back. Sorry, Scotty. I want you to think back about all those missed opportunities and missed chances that Sissoko had that any sort of, uh, you know, a, a midfielder with the ability to finish would, would finish. Uh, and it's the same sort of thing with Emerson. I want you to think back on all those chances Emerson either put wide or no look crosses to the touchline and all this business. And just think that instead of those glaring errors, you're going to have somebody very competent instead doing the thing that you would expect them to do in that position. Uh, on the Dan Juma signing, I love it. I absolutely love it. This guy is a worker beat. What I mean by that is this is not a guy that's going to beat you with all the flash in the world, though back heels will happen. Uh, what he's instead going to do is beat you with the thing that Kane beat you with, and that is his consistency and his repetition. This guy works his ass off. And when given the opportunity in his favorite position in the past, he's been extremely successful when it comes to putting the ball in the back of the net. And that's all we need him to do. That's all we need him to do. Give me a Carlos Vinicius stat line from Dan Juma. And I've had a great, and he's had a great season. Fair enough. Uh, Shuban, what did you think of the, the Pedro Poro introductory video that, that Spurs uh, placed on social media? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just, but I get the whole. I'm baiting, you know, I'm baiting you with that. I'm baiting you with that. Uh, tell me, tell yeah, me what you think like, about uh, Poro. I love Zorro. I love Zorro. I, I, I love Zorro. It's one of my favorite, Muscle is one of my favorite films. So why not ruin it? You know what I mean, Spurs, I'm not saying what, what, what can't Spurs ruin? My mood and now Zorro. You know I mean, what's, what, what can't Spurs ruin? But no, do you know what? From what I understand about Poro, he, I don't remember, obviously, I, I'm trying to remember about the, 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 the games we played against Sport in Lisbon. But I think he does take a lot of their set pieces in terms of free kicks and corners. So just the fact that his presence in being there will draw out defenders because I've been to a lot of games where I've seen Emerson play and they give him the, the whole the freedom of the park to play because they know he can't do anything with the ball. They know it. So they just think, well, there's no point going over there. So we'll just let him do it and fluff it because he'll do, he'll do his job for us anyway. So the fact that you've got Poro there, that will 
basically mean that opens up space for the because he'll commit a defender, which opens up space for the other players to to work into. So that's not a terrible thing. In terms of people like, you know, being I mean, because I've seen so much crap on the internet, but you know, unsurprisingly, about oh lack of this or lack of that. Do you know what? I don't know what's Wolf Space first man happy. You've got I don't know Chelsea looking to buy an entire squad in January. You've got us buying two players. Look, no one, there's no such thing as a happy fan after the window. It's only when you're in April or May when the, the new signs have come in and they've kicked on, they've done really well, or they haven't, that's when you get really annoyed. I'm not going to get overexcited about it because I think you guys remember last year when obviously we brought in, um, obviously I was very happy we brought in Benson Core. You guys know how much I love Rodders. I've wanted, I think uh, Scotty's friend Dave knows how long I've been asking you like, to give us Benson Core. So I was really happy about that. But Kulisheski, I was like, well, I don't know who this guy is, but she turned out to be one of our more players. So do you know what? I don't get this whole battle of transfer windows, whatever. Just it's happened. We brought players on. That door is now closed unless you had to amalgamate. And it'll be interesting to see because from what I understand, is it uh, Antonio Conte is, is having a gallbladder removed? So he can't even be – he has to recover for at least two, three weeks. So I don't nah. know how that's going to work out in terms of the nah, training nah, nah, and the pitch. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it, a normal person recovers in two to three weeks. Conte will be back on the touchline in a week. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Schumann's Shub- reading ahead on the rundown, but that's okay. <laughs> no, we, we, we Conte, that, that, that news did come out today. Uh, Conte had successful surgery, and we wish him all, all the best. And, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be back in, in a matter of weeks, and that, that, is, that is what it is, the, the, the contract notwithstanding. Um, in terms of the ins, you know, this, this club spent roughly, what, seven or eight million pounds in this window because the Poro deal is technically a loan with an obligation to buy. So that money will be spent then in the summer. Um, the Danjuma deal is just a loan with no obligation to buy. It's an option to buy. And then I mentioned earlier, they did bring in a youth player, Jude Sunsuit Bell, uh, a striker from Chelsea. So no, I don't think anyone really, unless you're really following the youth levels uh, intently, none of us are, uh, we don't really know much about that, that, but I think that when it comes to the ends, you know, Shuban, you brought it up like last last January at the close of the window, everyone was a little disappointed and everyone wasn't really sure what to make of bringing in two players from Juventus. And we all kind of realized how stupid we look 30 days later when those two kind of transformed the club and lifted Spurs back up into the top four. Now, I'm not saying that these two signings, Poro and Danjuma, are going to do that this year. Um, but I'm not saying that they're not either. <laughs> like we just don't know. And, and to make well, a rash judgment on any of these things on, unfa- no, they don't have to. You're right. <clears throat> they just like, need to add on to the structure that's already been built under the Parada Conte regime. And that's exactly what these signings are meant to do, Andrew. That's why I'm so excited. about. Them. And that's yeah. fair. No, they're the, Todd's right. I mean, they're both, they're both perfect signings for the two pieces of, of the system that we needed. What? Well, I should say there, there's three pieces that we needed. I think we maybe didn't get one of them, and that's why I'm not like sign, seal, deliver, perfect window. But I do think our two signings are exactly what we needed in two key areas of the pitch. So if they can come in and function well, they'll be big additions to the squad. I think, you know, we we were all chatting a little bit earlier this morning, and I there there really isn't even any validity to this. It's, it's more just like a pattern that we see, right? But – I do get weary of, of of these things that are like top five record signings for Spurs. You know, we do have a history of 
of of missing when we when we shop at that level right and so yeah i'm approaching poro with what i hope is a balanced perspective because i think he's extremely talented and could be a huge addition but i i do think that there's this expectation that he is this world-class you know best wing back available in the market and as I always say, we don't tend to land that type, right? We think we do, and it's not quite what it is. So I, I'm a little bit skeptical in the sense of expectations, right? But I'm not skeptical that he can come in and be a really good right wing back in this system and make us a better team immediately. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that's really fair. And I think that when we look back over the course of the last handful of windows and we talk about some of the players that have come in, and if you look back at the expectations versus the reality, there's sometimes a gap with those things. And I think that's completely fair to be. I don't even want to call you skeptical. I don't think you're skeptical. I just think you're being cautiously optimistic about what a guy like this can bring. But but as I said, it, if, if you're improving upon Emerson Royale in that position, I think you're improving. And that's I'm, I'm OK with that. That's what they needed to do this window in that spot. Um, yeah, real quick too. On that note, can I just say that I think I do think it's Emerson deserves someone saying that I do think keeping him over Matt Doherty was the right right decision. I think Emerson. Oh, that's a hot take. It is it a hot take though, Todd? When, when I look at Matt Doherty as a 31 year old coming off a significant injury, contracts coming up, we're probably going to get a couple million for him in the summer. I look at Emerson, 23 years old, he's been capped for Brazil and. I think he's athletic and a great defender and somebody that Conte can work with. Um, and he's been getting minutes over Doherty for a while. So I think if we had to have a backup, it had to be Emerson. I think it's a good decision by the club and definitely wish Doherty all the best. He, you know, he, he, he gonna, as best as he could for the club, but I wish him all the best. I'm going to push back a little bit and simply say that having Emerson as a backup is like having Davison Sanchez as a backup which like you don't really know, like, yes, they are a backup that can do a serviceable thing at a time. Is that somebody that you're going to trust or be happy that they're coming in to do that particular job? Well, it really depends on what job you're asking them to do. Um, in terms of the Matt Doherty piece, I feel like we give up a lot of the versatility uh, that Matt Doherty brings to the table to do a lot of the different things because we're all very, very capable of what Emerson can't do. Um, and I think that puts a little bit more pressure on Pedro Poro, unfortunately. Uh, and so I just look at that going, yes, from a business standpoint, 100% agree. Matt Darty, 31, coming off a significant injury, send him to Spain where it slows down a little bit. He gets a chance to, you know, be the Matt Darty of old, running behind, running in behind people and providing nice crosses with plenty of time with the ball at his feet. Um, I, I see where you're at on that. I just think I, I think that it weakens our squad a little bit. So I mean, my only pushback, uh, real quick, Andrew, the only pushback I have there is I don't think that. Doherty offers anything that Poro doesn't, and Doherty's just like about half as talented as Poro. At least with Emerson, you get somebody who functions a little bit more as like a defensive <laughs> player when required, right? Um, I don't. I, I think we had this idea in our head that Doherty came on and and made an impact when he played. We still looked like shit. It didn't matter, right? Whether yeah, whether it was Emerson or Doherty. And there's like a seven or eight year age gap. And I think a way higher ceiling for a guy like Emerson, if you continue to work with him. And I so, so for the next six months, like, is it worth taking like a, a like for like situation to, to look at a higher ceiling? I think it absolutely is. Um, I don't know. 
So, so my only pushback in this whole, and this kind of is transitioning perfectly into talking about the, the outgoings and Matt Doherty, of course, was not sent out on loan. He wasn't sold. He was, his contract was terminated and he signed mm. with Atletico Madrid on a free, which number one, the approach to that as a whole, from a business standpoint is piss poor. Um, you cannot continue to, I, I say it's piss poor. I know that we, we always bitch that Spurs don't just eat the money and that's what they've done in this situation. So that's a good thing. But the planning, th- there seemed to be no real plan for this. Secondarily, I think that, I, I disagree. You think this, you think that this was planned to, 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 to cut Matt Dart, cut ties with Matt Doherty and let him walk on a free. I look at it going like this. They had coming into the season, they had Emerson, they had Matt Doherty coming back from injury. You didn't know what you were going to get. And you brought in Jed Spence because everybody said, go get fucking Jed Spence. Well, Jed Spence clearly is not ready to play at this level. Matt Doherty is a shell of his former self. And Emerson Royale is doing no look passes out to touch. You had to do something here. Now, when that happens, you do what Scott did. And you look at the fucking balance sheet and you go, where am I going to take the smallest L? You're not going to take the smallest L on Emerson. Fuck. You're not going to take the smallest L on Jed Spence because you, you you just brought him in. And he's a young talent. There's a lot. He's in, English inter, uh, youth international. There's a lot of opportunity with Jed Spence. So you send him out on loan and you cut the 31-year-old for cap space, essentially, to use an American term. Yeah. But it makes That's sense. Not, I haven't got a problem with that. I haven't got a problem with that. But what I'm saying is that prob- – here's the thing. You have to do your deal through FIFA. You do all the thing. And we have a thing called Little Bringers. But a computer says, no. And that's probably what happened. They're probably going to do the loan. And a computer says, no. And then they realize this is what's happened. And it's this lack of attention to detail, this lack of thought. And it permeates throughout the club. That's the thing. Because, I mean, you, you, you work in compliance. You know about total quality management. And you, it's the idea you get, if you get the small things right, the big things will follow. And that is that is basically we've been pantsed. It wasn't a case of, oh my god, we, it wasn't like Sergio Aurea, like we have to get rid of him. We cannot find a buyer, so just let's just it kind of was. get rid of him. But no, it but kind of was. We had someone that was. I almost just we always had someone thing alone, and then suddenly it just didn't happen because of this very. I didn't know about this because. Role. It's not my no, 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 because it, it's very, it's very well, simple. The, the, hold on, time out, time out. The, the, the rule is new as of last summer. That's why not, not many people knew about it. And and for the listeners, if you don't know, Spurs can only have so many players, I believe it's the number is eight, out on loan. So they already had too many players out on loan. You can't send Matt Doherty out on loan as well. So they just release him and let Atletico Madrid sign him on a free. And that's, the, all, that's all fine and well. But I, I think that... <laughs> The planning aspect of this is what bothers a lot of people, including myself, because there's no at, at the start of this all happened on deadline day. This all happened on the 31st with hours to go. They've had months to figure all this shit out. If they knew they were going to try bring in Pedro Poro in this window in order to take over the right wing back spot, they've had plenty of time to figure out a solution. And they didn't do that. So they end up taking an L. And look, I get your point, Todd. They took the the smallest L they could, and that's fine and dandy. And we, like I said earlier, we you have hear all. Me. Been, no, no, no. I heard you. We, we've all we've all been begging for them to take these L's when it comes to financial. It's not as big of an L as you think it is. No, I'm. I'm, I'm I don't think it's a big L in terms of the the books. Well, I think it's a big L in terms from. of the. I think I think it's a big L in terms of the planning. I just okay. So here's the reason why I disagree. Here's the reason why I disagree. Okay, if you look at the three things that occurred. <clears throat> 
in the last three days of the window that changed this, this deal, you can't look at it in a vacuum. First, Jed Spence goes to France. Second, uh, they, uh, they being sporting, say, yes, deal's done on a Friday. Listen, we want old buddy to play in the, in a league cup final on right. Saturday. Can we sort things out? And then they come back to the table on Monday, go, I, we need a little bit more money. Okay. Yeah, which is, so bull, which changes, is bullshit, by the way. 100% bullshit. So that changes things. <clears throat> and then that deal eventually does get done. So your hands are a little tied if you're Spurs until Pedro Poro officially gets over the line. So then you're standing there having to juggle this shit on deadline day. The other reason yeah. why this makes it hold on. The other reason why this makes a ton of sense is when you look at the fact that Matt Doherty's annual salary is $3.4 million. Yeah. So we were going to pay the majority of his salary when he because we're paying the majority of fucking Sergio Regulon's salary, if not all of it, while he's on loan in Atletico Madrid, not fucking playing. We were essentially going to do the same thing for Matt Doherty so that we could get Matt Doherty off of our books so that Pedro Poro could take his place in the UCL squad. OK, so now when you look at that and you go, you do the fucking math and go, well, we could loan him out, but we're still going to have to pay a salary. And then we're going to get rid of him in the summer anyway, like and maybe get two million dollars back. We're fucking wasting time, money and energy. We should just release the guy and then we get him off our books. It's no hassle. It's a very smart business decision. The timing of it doesn't make sense to the average fan because of the way that the Pedro Poro deal got sideways and the fact that the Jed Spence deal went through on the same day that we had official agreements with Sporting that we were good to go on the Pedro Poro deal. So something tells yeah. me that if shit hadn't gone sideways on Monday with Pedro Poro deal, we would have heard about this Matt Doherty deal on Monday. Just saying. Scotty. Yeah. And, and, and the last thing to add to that thought, I completely agree with you is the Harvey White deal. There was not a sniff of anything happening until deadline day. I very much believe that Derby County came in last minute on deadline day. They needed a signing for whatever reason. I don't follow Derby County. Right. But it's a good location for Harvey White to go on loan. If I have the opportunity to get one of my key future players, significant minutes in the championship, or have a third string right back one. who's never going to play. One. League one, either way. In league one, Sorry. Though. Yeah, yeah, league one, but significant minutes, right, in the English pyramid versus having a third string right back who's never going to play. Like, that's an easy decision, too. I think Harvey White is highly regarded, and I think it was a good decision to let him go out on loan, too, because if, if that deal doesn't come through at the 11th hour, we can just loan Daherty to Atletico Madrid, and we have eight players on loan. Yeah, I, I hear all of that. The the only other pushback I have with the Matt Doherty going away versus someone else like Emerson is that, and this is something that's going to continue to be a thing, all because of Antonio Conte, is that you kept a right back and you let a right wing back go. And you have a manager currently that plays a wing a system with wing backs, not with right backs. It's the same thing I've been saying about Emerson for forever. And I understand that he's more defensive. That's because he's not a wing back. He's a right back. Yeah, but Conte well, puts him as a wing back way more than he does Doherty. Facts. But the other thing that that should tell you is the way that the club potentially looks at Jet Spence. <clears throat> so you're saying, well, okay, you've got Emerson, and then Emerson may be, uh, you know, maybe surplus to requirements next year after Jet Spence comes back having the loan under his belt in France. Okay. And you're looking at that going, okay, well, on the other side, you've got Udogi coming in next year as well. And you feel pretty decent about the way that things are looking in the wingback spot. From an Emerson standpoint, like, like I said, the, the 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 flexibility of Matt Doherty will be missed. 
but I feel like you've, you've made up for that in other areas in the pitch. Well, and listen, as I always say, too, it takes two to tango. Emerson Royale did not want to depart, and that's his, that's his prerogative. That's his choice. He has a contract. Yeah. He wants to stick around in London and play, and that's fair enough, fair, like fair play. Doherty was willing to, to move on, and, and fair play to him, and we wish him well. My problem is I get too attached to right backs slash right wing backs. I was mad when we let Sergio walk on a free. I'm now mad that we've let uh, Matt Doherty walk on a free. I still haven't that's forgiven me. this fucking team for Kyle Walker, bro. Yeah, that's well, and th- there goes that there's a long list of guys that this team has played at right back slash right wing back that have not worked out. I hope that uh, I hope the buck stops with with Pedro Porro. Um, that is that is my my well, hope and desire. Well, Go ahead, if, you, if you look at it though, I'm saying look at it, there's so much like basically clubs doing all kinds of stuff to cover up their bad mistakes. I mean, you're like, well, it was Atletico spent what 120 million on Jao Felix, and they've now sent them out on loan or something. And it's literally, it's it's basically, basically, it's loads of good money, you know, loads of bad money, chasing even worse money. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's what the, this football is going around around in circles. The amount of crap money is going around. But ultimately, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll go to TC. It is it is the best of a bad situation. And yes, these some of these could not have been anticipated. I certainly didn't know about this role, and I get that. But here's the thing: it's not as if Tottenham aren't averse to do it in this kind of last minute stuff. And it's not as if Tottenham kind of thought, well, do you know what? Chances are they might do this to us. So let's just have a backup plan just in case, you know? Yeah. And I can understand that from their perspective. They thought, do you know what? If we get rid of Matt Doty and Porra doesn't come over the line, we only have one. And it's and there are so many flying parts. And that's why you try and get your stuff done early. You don't wait until the last minute. You try and get well, this stuff done. By all either. accounts. Because look... By all accounts, yeah, this you was had sporting dragon ass from the jump. But you had for the World Cup. You had the World Cup. I mean, Liverpool brought in Gapco, and as soon as January was over, January started, Who? that's it. He was there. Liverpool, they brought in Cody yeah, no, Gapko. I'm, I'm, I, was. I, that, was, that was a dig. Fuck those guys. Anyway, uh, no, I, I see where I see you, where you're You know at. what I'm saying? Though. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, tired, I'm just tired of this last minute stuff. I was just saying, let's not do this. Let's, let, let's get our stuff, get our business sorted early. But look, we can't all be Chelsea. We saw, bro. like, was it Chelsea spent 100? We saw, I don't know, and even Chelsea, I mean, they spent like what some stupid, they spent, like, they over spent the odds for Enzo Fernandez. Or 300 million pounds this window. It's just bonkers. Yeah, the, we're, really we're not, we're, I, no, I, I, nobody's I, I, playing. I nobody's playing in the same ballpark or the same, the same game as Chelsea. We get that. And they're a bunch of slimy, you know, uh, it's, it's bad. There. Like, we, we all, we all, we all, yeah, Dodger fan. We all know what they're doing, and we all know that they're skirting the rules that aren't really rules because they're they're worth what the the paper they're printed on, or or maybe even not printed on. Um, in terms of the other outgoings, we we we've briefly talked about Harvey White. We've talked about Jed Spence, Brian Heal. The other one's Adam Hayton, who was a goalkeeper that went on a free to Barnsley, a youth player. Um, Anything else notable? I think the Jed Spence one is interesting. I, I think it's good that he's – it sounds like the only reason he went to Wren is because they had suffered a couple of different injuries, so he's going to get a lot of playing time in France, which Great. I think is a very good thing. Um, and it worked for Brian, Saliba. Brian, Saliba was uh, – Saliba, Saliba went to Marseille for a good couple of years, and he yeah, he got that time. That grounding really helped him playing at a high, high level. I have no idea. Look, like France, obviously, France PSG dominated, but – if he's going to be playing at a higher level than you know than the championship, but it's not as high as the Premier League, maybe mm-hmm. that's what he needs right now. And if he's going yeah. to be getting games because, as you said, Andrew, the guy's injured, 
then maybe and I said pressure away because I can't imagine I don't know what I mean Star was by the Renault is a very famous club in France they won loads of titles in the past but he's away from the spotlight whereas if he's at Tottenham the spotlight's gonna be on him consistently so maybe this time away from the spotlight he can get his head down and look that's that's what he that's what he that's what he did at uh, Middlesbrough um you know not Middlesbrough uh, at Forest sorry he got his head down played really well got some good performances in him and that's what earned him his move to um, Spurs. And maybe in a weird way, this will, will, will earn him his promotion to, I don't know, the subs bench or really competing with Porro you know, next season. Yeah, I, I would hope so. The other the other two big loans, um, Brian Hill and Harvey White, they feel like developmental loans, but the Hill one also kind of feels to me like it could be a a pre-sale loan. Why? Stop it. I, I think it. I think it feels like it could be because I think it, Sevilla is a place where he will feel comfortable. We've seen him go on loan already. Because we got him from there. Get back. It's, it's, it's nonsense to me, Andrew. It's it's simply the fact that we need to get Brian Heal minutes and people in Spain look at Brian Heal as the next thing. So he might as well go back there. We can get his confidence up and then he'll come back next year with a better opportunity to make an impact on this team behind Kulisevsky. For me, it just could be the fact that, you know what? He's happy in Spain. I mean, like he's missed out on a. He, if he had stayed in Spain, he would have probably had a chance to go to the World Cup. He brought. He probably, you know, there's no. There's no doubt in my mind that given the lack of what Spain have, especially on that side, he could have had a chance to go to the World Cup. But obviously, you know, they weren't. He wasn't playing, so he didn't get that game time. Now I think this is a good time for him. Let him play his football. Let him play where he's comfortable, and who knows? Maybe he'll show that form. That made us want to spend thirty million plus Eric Lamella on him, but do I see him coming back? I don't know. He could be. Do you know what? I've, it's it's one of those weird things. Not everyone. I love London. It's my home. As, as, as you, if you can't tell by my accent, but not everyone does. You know, and maybe he'll be happier being in being in Spain. Yeah, you know? I mean, like it's not a Spanish thing. Like Reggie, whenever I saw him, loads of videos of him up in Oxford Circus, Piccadilly Circus. He loved it here. Brian Hill seems like a really quiet guy, very very shy. And he just, you know, maybe he's just happier being severe. I'm, I, I wish him well. I wish all the players that, you know, did well. And uh, I said, hopefully they'll come back and the judgment will be cool. Because obviously we still don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Conte's future. We still don't know. So I think. And I, I think that's the biggest now, question. We, know, yeah. we don't, we don't, we know that Antonio Conte is here until the summer, presumably. We know that he's not playing Brian Hill. We know he's not playing this guy, this guy, this guy. So let's go out. Let's go give these guys minutes to play, and bring in players that right now that he's happy to, you know, happy to play for the moment. And let's just see where he goes from there. Because I'm hoping he's not going to say, "Oh, Poro was a club signing or something." I'm hoping he doesn't say that. But we'll find out. What? Mm-hmm. We will indeed. Uh, a January in the books. It, it was a. It was a an interesting one. That's for damn sure. Um, and I'm I. I swear we don't need to talk transfers now, at least for a little while. Well, we, uh, which is which is a delight. <laughs> we have one more thing that we need to chat about, and that is all the players that are going to be coming back from. The, oh yeah, well, not only that, not only that, but this summer is. I think. I mean, look, we, we we've learned here in the last uh, twenty four hours or so about a big sponsorship deal worth more than forty million pounds, reportedly. We've also learned that. Beyonce is going to be playing three dates at the stadium this this yes this year, which will bring plenty of revenue. In. Like the revenue is there, it's coming in. Um, and you're right, there are a lot of players that are on loan currently. He- hence the Matt Doherty, I don't know what you want to call that thing, release release yeah. that happened. And you know what? Um, 
So 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 all those all those things are going to have to be sorted out. I mean, we're talking about Lacelsos and Ndombeles and Regions and all these, you know, Mourinho era signings that are not going to be with this club going forward. I just think there's a real ambivalence. I mean, like, I'm gonna obviously some guys are coming up this weekend for the Man City games. So I'm gonna meet up with them, but honestly, I've just become so like, yeah, I live in this house. Yeah, I might turn up. I might not. I've become so ambivalent, so mad about it. And there's a lot of people kind of mad about it. And this is kind of what it was like during the sugar days. And it was kind of like, you know, you had this white knight, sugar, save you, and save the club, save the club from bankruptcy, which he did. But we never we never went anywhere. And then you had Enix saying, well, we're going to take the club to the next level, which they kind of have, because now we are playing the Champions League. We have a new stadium. Oh, no, blah, they blah, definitely blah. have. They definitely uh, have. But it's, it's just going to the next there. level. They, I think. they definitely have. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely have. But you, you'll always get fans that are really pissed. I mean, I had people actually saying, I miss the sugar days. And I'm like, seriously? Remember how bad we were? You know, everybody on Twitter who's who's up in a rage about how much we're spending, I don't, you know, and I don't mean this in any sort of like pointing fingers way or, or less than, but I think, I think it just comes down to a misunderstanding as to what revenue and profit are right they're two very different things we always see the revenue and then we start reacting right i nobody knows what's actually there i also know that most clubs structure all of their deals over over like over time right through structure there's very few clubs on the planet that just drop 60 mil on the table right they're, they're spacing these payments out probably city psg maybe united you know with with their commercialism but chelsea right clubs, now Chelsea, thank you. Jeez, I I would be very very uh, wise to mention Chelsea. So thank you. They are uh, they are the, the 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 I guess the epitome of that at the moment. But ultimately, I just think you know we're doing what we can. My concern is not so much that we don't spend. I think we spend plenty. I think we just spend very poorly, right? And there oh, that yeah. it's it's hard to argue that, right? And so it's it, I I think if we can maybe shift our focus a little bit more away from how much we spend and more towards how we spend it as a club, we might be in a better situation. Hey, we should hire Paul Mitchell back, but that's a whole nother conversation. The teams that do well are the teams that tend to keep their managers because, and the team that, and then therefore you can build a style and you can basically fit players to suit the manager style. We've got to stop this whole chopping and changing of managers because you start off backwards. You know I mean, it's like, are we a, are we a, it's like, it's like a restaurant. Oh, first we're a French restaurant. Now we're a sushi restaurant. Now we're an Italian restaurant. No, just pick a, pick a thing you're going to do. Give the room the resources, do the market, whatever you've got to do and stick with it because we keep changing it and changing it and changing it. And it's just, I'm just, honestly, it's just, it's doing my nuts in, you know? And that's the problem. We just don't seem to have a consistent, identity on the football pitch and yet daniel lee talking about oh we need our identity back and then they get they're getting nuno and then they find Nuno. it's just look have a plan stick to it commit to it well and it starts it, with, it starts with your hiring exactly and no you're sorry i don't mean to cut you off but you're exactly right look this i'll read off our top 10 signings of all time right 10 lamella nine region Eight Soldado, seven Bergvine, six Lacelso, five Sissoko, four Davinson Sanchez, three Christian Romero, two Richarlison, one Tongu and Dumbele. So zero of those players have made a significant impact. Romero's yet is still to be seen, right? 
And you will never, you will, I shouldn't say never, you will very rarely find a club that wants to play in the space we want to play in where none of their top 10 record signings have made an impact for them. We spend so fucking poorly. That list right there is, it's honestly mind boggling when you actually sit and digest that information. The amount of money we've spent on those players, if I'm Levy, I'm fucking scared as shit to spend money too. Like, look at that shit. So, and that's on him, obviously, right? I'm not, he doesn't give himself a pass, but we have to figure that out right there because until we do, I don't think the club will even want to spend. Why would you, right? That Imagine spending $300 million and getting nothing back for that, right? That is very, very hard to stomach for a business and they have to get that shit figured out. But, but we, we spend money without question. Yeah, I think the plan the plan has to be, you know, there. It has to be evident. And I'm not saying that the, that the board has to come out and spell it out in as many words, but they got to figure out the manager thing too. If 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 Conte is going to be around long term, they've got to figure that out before anything. Um, and that's going to be key. Uh like I said, we don't need to talk transfers again for a while, and that's that's a relief for me. Um we will be talking Man City at the weekend and and Chelsea uh, on the women's side as well. So uh, we, we we can look forward to all of that. Shuban, go ahead. I just want to give a shout out to my buddy, um, Pete Hayne. Uh, he got some really bad news, a bad diagnosis, and I'm hoping he pulls through. Scotty has been fantastic, fan dabby doozy, and trying to sort out like a care package for him. And um, for those who I've taken out on the – on the, on the little mini Spurs tour, when I talk about the history of the area, it, the only reason, I, obviously, I, I know the history of the area because I live there, but the history of Tottenham Hotspur within Tottenham, the only reason I know that is because of all the stuff I've stolen from Pete Hayne and Norman Geller. Uh, and so if, you're, so if you see Pete, if you're coming up this weekend, give him a high five, buy him a pint or whatever, because he's a really good guy and I hope he pulls through. Yeah, I'll just jump in quick too. I've had the pleasure to meet Pete over Zoom, right? I've never met him in person, but lovely guy. And Shubon gives me way too much credit for the care package that he mentioned. It was all him, his idea, right? So um, (laughs) I'll just, if you're donating to the care package for Pete, you know, you know who you are. Many OSCs across the country. So thank you very much. We we really appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. And I know Pete will as well. So, yeah, you know, come on, you Spurs, come on, you Pete, and I'm glad you said something, Shubo. Cheers to that. Uh, we'll be back with you guys on the weekend following uh, the Man City match, which should be a doozy. We'll see if we get uh, Pedro Poro in the lineup for that one. Uh, other than that, that's all we got for you here on the Tottenham. I might Liverpool. be even be there. That's the worst thing. I might, I might even be there. Someone, someone might say, I'm, I'm trying to avoid going to the game, but I'm actually going to be there to be, be, be a whole bunch of friends. I'm, and somebody might say, oh, I've got a ticket. Come on, show one down. I'm like, no, it's, it's just going to be that bad. But I don't know. I've I've got a feeling with City. I just don't know which, which one's going to turn up. Is it the Tottenham that can somehow be their kryptonite or the Tottenham that can be its own kryptonite? I just don't know. But that's part of the ride, isn't it? That's part of, part of why we watch. It's part of why we watch and we, we jump on here to talk about it afterwards. So we'll be doing that on Sunday. Uh, until then, for Todd at TC underscore show, for Scott at DSM Spurs, for Shuban at The Real Shuban, I have been Andrew at Aestetka. Follow us, the podcast at Tottenham Depot. Until then, we will talk to you. As always, come on, you Spurs. 
Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>